Megan, Megan, making conversation, podcasting beacon for the nation, for helpful, healthy information, and having fun getting it done. Yeah, that's all. Megan, Megan, making conversation now. All right, everybody, welcome back to our next episode of Meg Squared. Here with you today are myself, Meg, and Megan. Woohoo! <laughs> also known as Meg Squared. We are so excited to be back together today. Not in the same room, not in the same place um, to, to pull back the curtain on this magic. We are actually doing this on Zoom, which enables us to see our lovely faces and our smiles, but also uh, within the reality of our still pandemic lifestyle, we can do this safely and actually get to see each other while we do it too. So, so anyway, we're back together today, and we've got a pretty exciting episode. We're excited about it um, to talk about with you all. And Meg, can I can I put you on the spot to tell us what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meg and I were Facebook messaging all day long. <laughs> Not really. Natural. <laughs> Natural. <laughs> on and off. On and off. Um, about fitness bobbles. So the gear what what you use in a crossfit class what you use before what you use after what you buy what are the shiny things the shiny things yeah yeah and and actually what it what it came from was well we've talked about this a lot and we've actually done videos on on them before but i actually had a really successful day with my double unders yesterday which Uh, we've been, we've, we've been taking some time. We've been separated for a little bit, but, uh, yesterday we proved that we're, I think we're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I was using one of the new gym ropes and, and it was, you know, not that gear always makes or breaks the difference, but I've been in the market for a new jump rope for a while. And so I was pretty excited that they were clicking with that particular joke. So with that particular Mm -hmm. rope, so I think I'm going to um, make the investment because for me in particular, that piece of gear uh, really does make a difference in, even if it's just my mental game, that one, that one really seems to help. So, so at any rate, we had a legitimate reason why we were once again, messaging (laughs) all day, day. Uh, but we thought it would be really fun because there, there is a lot of gear and, um, and as, you know, as coaches and athletes, we've, We've seen a lot of it being used. We've used a lot of it ourselves. Maybe we've never used it. Maybe we've started using it and stopped using it. And so just wanted to kind of bring to you all our experience and, um, and maybe a little bit of information on how to use the gear to the most um, safe and efficient way and, and when to use it. So we've got a little list here and I think it makes sense to just start with uh, what Meg, I'm going to ask you first and have All you right. go, but what was your first piece of gear that you purchased or, or were gifted, but that you sought out and acquired? Um, and why my first piece of gear, I think were Metcons, um, so shoes. I came in to, to CrossFit with running shoes. Um, I think I had Asics uh, running <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and they were just- Love that you remember the brand. <laughs> yeah. Backstory, I wore Asics every day. Oh my God. Middle school till I think now. Um, just with everything. I didn't know how to wear shoes. So I wore Asics. I was that kid, like skinny jeans and running sneakers. um so of course I remember Asics um but I remember in class every time I did like a squatting movement or an Olympic Mm. my my feet were just so wobbly and I I, like I had no stability in my feet um and I saw well TJ would always say just go barefoot Mm. um I'm like okay but I I'm not super comfortable in this gym and I don't want them to think I'm weird <laughs> we've had other barefooters before <laughs> um and I worked at Nike at the time so I found them at the store I'm like this will be cool and grabbed them they're on sale and wore them for a good year 
got a good life out of them. But that was my first piece of equipment. Cool. And yeah. so those are, and those are the Nike Metcons. And just out of curiosity, um, what do you wear now? So that would be like a two year or no, three year, almost three year transformation, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I spent a year in the Metcons and yeah. then, then I changed to Nanos, Reebok Nanos. Mm-hmm. Um, loved them so much. Um, and then I just got a new pair the other, other week on Valentine's day. TJ got Oh, yay. (laughs) Okay. So Meg's first piece of gear, Megan's first piece of gear was shoes. And, uh, and interesting that you, you started in, you know, one pair and then tried something different and have stuck with that something different. Um, yeah. And I go ahead. Oh, I just felt like the Metcons for me were really heavy and like Mm. way too flat and there's no flex in the sole. Um, so they mm-hmm. worked well for lifting, like squatting. Um, mm-hmm. but when it came to running outside, running a 400 five times in a Metcon, like I could hardly walk by the end. Just like, clunk, 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 clunk. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. And, and shoes for me, we'll talk a little bit about shoes too, but I actually didn't buy, well, I was going to say, I didn't buy my first pair of specific CrossFit shoes for almost two years because wow. I was very much in the camp of, meh, I can make it work with whatever I have, but that's not entirely true. I did try some innovates. Do you remember those? No, they were, they were one of the CrossFit shoes, but, um, but they were too narrow for my feet. So they didn't last very long, but I wore actually, I wore Sambas for a long time oh, and yeah. I wore, um, Oh, who made them? They were, they were called tigers. They might've been Asics actually. Um, they were also like a soccer shoe and then Converse Chuck Taylors. And so those obviously were awful for, you know, everything except really lifting or gymnasticky stuff. And then I would wear my running shoes because I was, I'm a terrible runner and I just wanted the cushion. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to help. So when I bought my first, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, when it wasn't, so it wasn't shoes. That was two years into your CrossFit journey. What, what was it that you, you bought first? Yeah. My first piece of gear was a jump rope. All right. Mm-hmm. Full circle. Yep. Full circle. We're still here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why probably I struggled with double unders. I mean, I still do, uh, for years and it was just one of the, one of the things that I was like, all right, if I got a good jump rope, maybe it would help. And, you know, didn't get the best advice on a jump rope in the beginning. So I ended up with a speed rope right away and that didn't help. Um, and then ended up with, I think the brand is RX ropes. And we have a couple mm-hmm. at the gym, a couple people have them. They have the really thick, um, squishy like handles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have this interchangeable uh, cable, which was really appealing to me because it was like, as you got better at your double unders, you could exchange out the diameter cable. Um, and that's how I got my double unders because I just, I needed a heavier rope to really like feel to, to feel the rope, to have that feedback. Um, and then I eventually graduated to what would be considered a speed rope. Although I do not consider myself a speed double under <laughs> But shameless plug for the ropes we have in the gym right now. They are, if you're at the stage where a speed rope is a good fit, they are, they are pretty sweet. I will say. Yeah. I like will say. Butter. I mean, butter. That's what I oh my gosh. Yeah, you did. And no I, effort. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure I was going to believe it, but man, they were clicking yesterday. So, um, so yeah, that you felt good. give an elevator speech too. And we all know how much those won't go well for me. <laughs> You should have just said, you should have just said, just try it. It's like the open, just try it. I'm not going to try and convince you to do it. Just try it. <laughs> I think I did after I did a whole elevator. So I was like, whatever, just do it. Just do it. You did. Yeah. And I, and I believed you and I signed up and I got drafted and I'm super excited. Yeah. It's open season. I have my double under. Yay. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we'll see. I had him yesterday. So we'll take that one day at a time. Mm. All right. So we've got our list here. 
it's just a bullet point list and we're just going to go straight through and some of these might be ones that that one or the other of us don't use and so you know maybe it'll just be left to us as coaches you know what we've what we've seen with the athletes that we coach um or we can weigh in with our own personal experience so the first one on our list is wrist straps oh yeah i use wrist straps um sometimes okay most often now I don't just because I have my Apple watch on and it doesn't fit mm-hmm. over it. Um, mm-hmm. If it's a lot of overhead work, I will because I um, it helps my wrist not hyperextend um, mm-hmm. and cause pain in my wrist. Uh, I, use, I started with the really thick um, wrist straps that I would wrap around my thumb, wrap around mm-hmm. and Velcro. Um, and then I, I, those were okay. They did the job. Um, but I didn't like how big they were on my wrist. So then I switched to, it's a long um, piece of material with a string at the end. Um, and you wrap around, tie up the string, and then you can tighten or loosen it on your wrist, depending on like when you're using it, you want it tighter. When you're doing like burpees, say in the Metcon, you loosen it up a little bit. And um, I, I love them. I don't use them all the time, but I do. Like I said, if we're going overhead a lot with a heavy weight. Yeah. And there's, so, so there's kind of three in my mind, there's kind of three ways to, well, four arguably, uh, ways to support your wrist. One is to build strength naturally, yes. which a lot of times when people start, right. They're like, Oh, you know, this position, it really hurts my wrist. And there's a certain amount of, well, that's because you're front squatting with a barbell, maybe for the first time ever, or you're holding a barbell overhead, maybe for the first time ever, like there is a certain amount of wrist strength that, that you need to develop. Um, the, the other three ways, which are, you know, the, the assisted ways, one would be taping, which I don't recommend. I think you have to be really careful taping your wrist because you can restrict it and constrict it. And what's so nice about the, the other two types of um, wrist straps is that they build in a little bit of give. Yeah. So the two that um, Megan was sharing about, you've got kind of the thick elasticy kind that wraps around the thumb. Um, by, by its nature, it's elastic. So it's going to give when you move, it can be tightened or loosened by how tightly you wrap it. And that's actually the kind that I use and that I prefer um, when the sort of fabric version that, that you use, um, first kind of came on the scene, I tried to use those and I, I decided I didn't really care for them. They didn't really do it for me, but, but I'd say folks are pretty 50, 50 on what they use there. And a lot of it just comes down to, you know, personal comfort. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think the elastic ones are a nice place to start because they're really user-friendly. Like you don't, Oh, how tight should I do it? How tight? You just kind of wrap it around and, if it's comfortable, it's probably good. And if it's too tight or if it's not giving you enough support, you know, you can adjust it, but, and those, you know, everyone, everyone sells those. I actually need a new pair because after I think I've had this particular pair for like eight years, the last or the uh, Velcro is finally like, you know, when Velcro gets super old and the actual loops and hooks like fall off. Yeah. My gear, I am not the person to talk to about flashy new gear because I definitely use it until it blows out. And so these are like, they're pretty blown out, but they still work. So (laughs) I haven't bought a new pair yet. (laughs) Until they fall off mid Metcon. (laughs) Yeah. And they're about to, they're like like parts of it are unsewn. And I mean, I, I, I don't look cool with my gear, but, but I, you know, I think it's, it's also worth keeping in mind, like at any time you know, always starting with using your body as the place that needs to be strong enough. So if you've got Mm -hmm. wrist issues or you've got, you know, um, weaknesses or whatever, like putting a wrist strap on is probably not a good idea. Being able to know where your limitations are and accommodate for them, you know, as, as much as you can organically with your, with your body, um, before you put in a bunch of assists, uh, so that you, you know, so that you don't do more than, than you should actually do and, and get hurt. Right. Um, your body definitely, <laughs> yeah, your body's a smart thing. So it's going to tell yeah. you when something doesn't feel good, but if you're putting a bandaid on it, it might not necessarily like recognize that it's doing harm at, in yeah. that moment. 
Yes, absolutely. And, and that, you know, even for something as seemingly simple as wrist wraps, that, that goes for that too. So gear number one, wrist wraps. Meg uses them, I use them. And I'm trying to use mine actually less too, to your point, Megan, just to, you know, like strengthen my wrists. I will strengthen my wrists if I don't use them yeah. every single time we go overhead or every single time, you know, my wrist is in that flexion. Um, and that's generally what I will use them the most for. I think handstand push-ups for me or, or heavy overhead, um, especially heavy overhead that has a lot of like dynamic movement, like a jerk or, um, or even a push press and certainly something even more static, like an overhead squat, just having that support there. But, but I see put, I see people use them for cleans. They're not really doing anything for you on a clean. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely, they're, they're really meant to help your wrist in that extreme flexion, um, and going through that range of motion as opposed to, you know, like a front squat where you're holding that. But, but some of that too might be that my wrist in those positions feels pretty good. And so I don't need them in that position. So yeah. I don't remember the last time I use wrist wraps. Now that I think of it, like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where they are. It can be really but, freeing yeah. not to rely on gear. Yeah. You know, to, to be able to show up and like, oh shoot, I forgot my wrist wraps, whatever. Right. <laughs> it was a, a wad ruiner at one point. I forgot oh. my wrist wraps. Because oh. I was made to believe that I needed them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I need all the things to do this workout. No, you yeah. don't. <laughs> I, I have to tell you when I travel and, and when we travel, we do tend to, um, we try to, to visit CrossFit gyms the one piece of gear that I will bring and we'll, we'll talk about these this in a little bit yeah. again, but like is my, is my jump rope yes. is my jump rope. And, and some of that too, is just like being in a, you know, being a guest in a gym, like the last thing that I like to do is take up too much time or take up, you know, too much of anyone's time or, you know, not know where gear is or stand in front of the jump rope wall and be like, uh, what's their method? Like, how do they do it? And, and also jump ropes for me, as I've mentioned are tough. And so just that mental game of like, if I'm going to go into a, you know, a guest CrossFit gym sight unseen, the one thing that will make me feel better is if I have my jump rope <laughs> yeah. shoes, I don't even mind so much about it's really, it's a, it's the jump rope, but I think I, I would bring two pieces of equipment, my shoes and jump rope. Yeah. I tend to bring shoes too. I just, I've also shown up with <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm Meg. <laughs> I really need to work out. I don't care what I do, but I have my jump rope. <laughs> I'm in my street clothes, but it's okay. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about shoes. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about shoes now. So you started with your Nike Metcons mm -hmm. and you moved into the nanos, which is what I wear now religiously. Yes. Um, I've tried out, I've never tried out the Metcons actually. Um, mostly cause I was so happy with the nanos once I finally got into them. Uh, There's no and need. yeah. And I tried, I tried noble and same. I was just like, wow, you know, the nanos actually feel better on my foot. And I can sure get them for a whole lot cheaper. So I think I'm going to keep doing that. Um, That's real. But, yeah, well, <laughs> um, so, and, and if there's running in a workout, I, if there's a lot of running, I should say, if it's a 400 or less, even if it's multiple rounds, I'll still wear my Metcons. Um, mm -hmm. Or not my Metcons, sorry, my Nanos. Um, but if it's more than a 400, even if it's just one time, I will bring my running shoes to work out in. And some of that has to do with, I'm, I'm just not a great runner. And so again, I'm just looking for any way to be a little bit more comfortable, um, to not end up with, you know, shin splints or any, any, any like thing that's going to make running more, more comfortable for me is helpful. <laughs> I agree so much. Yeah. Now, something I've always found interesting about you, Meg, especially because you're, you're like my lifting idol, but 
the type of shoe we haven't talked about yet at all is lifters. So mm. weightlifting shoes. Yeah. And I held off on buying weightlifting shoes. Same thing for, for about two years. And, and I really liked squatting and I really liked the Olympic stuff. And then I bought my lifters and I liked it even more. Um, but I appreciated that I built up the strength. I constantly look at you and I'm like, dang, we got to get some lifters on you. But I also love and respect that you outlift pretty much everyone in our community without lifters. And I just, I'd love, I'd love to hear you share about your process. Tell us your process. Well, I wake (laughs) up in the morning. (laughs) No, tell me more. Seriously. (laughs) No, keep going. After you wake up, I want to know exactly what you do. I, um, I think it has to do a lot with my mobility. Um, Mm. I spend a lot of time, um, on my ankle mobility and my hip and just depth. Uh, when I am at the gym and I'm not at my desk or I'm not coaching, you could probably see me. I'm just like hanging out in a squat. Like Mm. I could like hang out there all day long. Um, and I, I just, I think that's it. Like I, I squat a lot. I have flexy ankles. Yeah. Well, well you have flexy ankles and, and you have the stability. So you're not just, you're not just flexible. You're strong and flexible. Right. Right. Um, it takes a lot of work. I'm not just like naturally flexible. Yeah. I was actually really stiff before I started actually stretching. Yeah. Well, and so, so the reason that, um, that lifters exist is because they put our ankles in a more optimal, less flexed position, Mm -hmm. um, to make squatting and any, any of that, you know, sort of deeper range of motion position, more, more accessible. And so what I often tell people, you know, who, who are expressing an interest in lifters or, um, or maybe they've even gotten them already is, you know, make sure you put in some of that work, even if it's just awareness about what your mobility, um, potential or limitations are, Mm -hmm. um, because if you're limited in your ankle mobility, then you're really not, you're not doing yourself a service by again, putting that bandaid on by getting a pair of lifters, like spend some time, spend, spend a year, spend two years feeling what the bottom of a squat feels like feeling what your range of motion feels like changing your range of motion by stretching and, you know, some mobility stuff. Um, because then when you get those lifters, not only are you going to appreciate it, but man, you're really going to notice it. You're going to notice a difference and you're going to notice change. Um, I, I have been trying recently to be better. Same thing about not using my lifters all the time. Um, because they, they do, they make everything that has that range of motion easier. So like wall balls, rowing, you know, everything like it's, it's pretty awesome when you, you know, you not box jumps, no, not jump rope. No, but anything where you're in that, that, that flexed ankle position, then a lifter is going to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been trying to, again, force myself, discipline myself to realize that kind of end point, that end range without the help of a lifter. And, you know, on a non-race day, that's what I, that's what I ought to be doing. So I'm just constantly questioning like, Hmm, do you need your lifters today? And like yesterday I did put them on for my front squat, but I thought about not mostly because I knew I saw that you had lifted and I was like, damn it. I know Meg hit that two Oh five for three without lifters on. So, (laughs) but I did go get them. (laughs) You have them. You should use them when you want. Well, yeah. For something like that, that's a, that's a pretty heavy lift, but you know, like in a Metcon, I probably don't, shouldn't be using them, but that's all right. So if anyone wants to gift Meg a pair of lifters, so we just watch her like Olympic lifting just explode. You, you heard it here first. I'm size Meg, seven and a half. Size seven and a half. <laughs> I highly recommend the Nanos. I'm sure others would recommend Noble, but you know, we're not picky. 
We're just, just podcasting here. No big yeah. deal. <laughs> you know, just throwing some, <laughs> some ideas just out. Seek, just seeking sponsors. I'm a size nine. Yes. I have big feet. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to someday getting them. So we'll see. They're fun. I got a pair, a size, a pair of size nine women's that someone left at the gym once. And it was the kind of thing that they were in the lost and found. Then we had the, like the goodwill table out. And I was like, what in the heck? How has someone not claimed these lifters? And finally the pile was going to goodwill. And I was like, yoink, those are mine. Thank you. you. And those are, those are also, um, I don't know if they're nanos, but the Reebok lifters, whatever they are. Mm. And they are, they are ancient in shoe life years and they still get the job done. So work like a beauty. <laughs> they are falling apart, but they get the job done. Now y'all are going to be looking at me in the gym like, wow, yeah, her shoes are really skanky. Jeez. <laughs> Look at those things. The Velcros like popping off. Like, yep. Yep. Or they're going to call you out and work up be like, Meg, I thought you weren't going to wear your lift. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a shame picture. Just like a picture, put it on Instagram with like that, the, the black, like sad falling leaf filter around it, like wah, 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 yeah. or whatever it is. Meg used her lifters today. That day. Oh, <laughs> all right. So we got wrist wraps. We've got shoes. We've talked a little bit about jump ropes, but let's let, if there's any other points about jump ropes, I think we actually kind of talked a lot about them, but they're still yeah, here on the list. I think we talked a lot about of them about them. Um, I have a jump rope. It's fine, um, but I did try the ones at the gym, and I've I have not been able to string forty five double unders in a workout multiple times, ever. Oh, nice! And and usually my limit's twenty five, and I know it. And my shoulders get tired, and my hands get tired, and I'm just like donezo, and that rope it was a beaut what do you know which one you had been using which jumper were you using before it was one from rogue okay so like i want there's a plastic handle yeah it's fine it works yeah yeah but yeah those ones i didn't know it could get better (laughs) (laughs) and then you find people are stringing like a hundred or two hundred in a row, like, all right, sit down. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're we're mortal humans here. We don't need to hear about your 300 <laughs> double unders. Okay. Yeah. I was reading recently, it was like, what is the equivalent? It just popped up in one of my um searches on Google. It's like, what's the equivalent of 10 minutes of jump roping? And I was like, ew who does 10 minutes of jump roping? And I was like, Oh, the equivalent is a 30 minute run. And I was like, you know what? I don't like running, but I will take 30 minutes of running over 10 consecutive minutes of jump roping. That sounds terrible. Ugh. You get a headache. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in a mask and the mask is all oh, like bouncing God. on your face. And Oh, here's a question. Do you wear your shield under your mask when you jump rope? Um, I'm, I've currently lost my shield. Um, oh, I have an probably, extra one. I, I, I think TJ has an extra one too. Okay. Um, it's probably in my gym bag, but I'll let you know if I can't find it. Um, so I currently have not been using it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use my K95 when I jump rope because it sticks, it stays above my nose. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Um, any other, any other, um, mask will fall down and then I'm like, all right, I get, I get three jumps in. I've stop pull up yeah so I don't use my my mask when I do a jump rope workout because I've discovered that the mask like bounces your, your and, cage. and oh my cage yeah that's what I mean um I don't use my my silicone cage under my mask because it bounces mm. and that like that's is just so distracting um and what I did yesterday that I really love so I usually work in one of those medical grade masks workout um I I hate that I'm throwing away so many masks, but it just, I just find it works the best for me. And what I did yesterday that I really liked was I actually twisted the ear loops just an extra time. So it like really fit to my face and it still wasn't too tight. So there's all these little mask tricks. Gosh, we could probably have a whole (laughs) 
<laughs> whole episode on those dang things, but we won't. We won't. We won't. <laughs> we'll just sprinkle it in a little, little extra spice. Um, yeah. So jump rope. So, so they both clicked for us yesterday. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Me. Yay. New jump ropes. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sold. I am sold. All right. Next thing we're going to talk about, I'm curious about this one for you. Uh, grips. Mm. When I first started CrossFit, I would rip all of the time, no matter what, like every single pulling pull up toe to spar workout, my whole palm would be gone. Mm. Um, not even like the calluses near the bottom of my fingers, like my palm. So I thought I, it was just my grips or it's because I wasn't wearing grips or too much chalk. And I just made a lot of excuses and I tried a lot of grips, um, <laughs> a lot of grips. <laughs> I don't wear grips anymore. Um, I use less chalk and, um, actually the way I was gripping, it was a full palm thumb over the bar. Um, and I was just like tearing, making a lot of friction in my palms and lots of movement. Um, I still go thumb over when I know I probably shouldn't, um, you know, some people like it. Some people don't, I love it, but now I, I am more in my fingertips. Um, so I have a little bit more stability in my grip when I'm doing pull-ups and when I'm doing toes to bar. And I find that I don't rip as often and I don't need grips. Yeah. Yeah. So what I um, usually see when, when people are ripping in the middle of their palm is yes, they're having that, that total thumb over the bar. Um, <clears throat> and they're also just, they're, they're gripping super hard, yes. whether it's thumb around or, or monkey grip, which is the thumb over. Um, and then the second place that people commonly rip is, you know, right, mm-hmm. right underneath your fingers. Um, so, so there's a couple ways around that, like you were mentioning, fixing your grip and whether, whether it's a monkey grip thumbs over the bar or whether it's thumbs around the bar, but still having your pinky knuckle Mm -hmm. is what is over the bar as opposed to, you know, that, that more thumb or wrist over the bar. Um, and then just figuring out how hard you actually need to be holding on. Oh yeah. I was Um, white knuckling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. And I, you know, and I think grips is, it's really tempting because there's something between you and the bar, but again, putting in the time to develop, you know, develop some calluses and then take care of your hands. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something, you know, we can, we can certainly touch on too, but taking care of your hands, which means this is kind of gross for some of you who've never considered it before, but trimming your calluses. So some people might use like a, a, a file or, um, I, I use a straight up callus shaver like once a week in the shower and I will, um, shave them down. But my grip has gotten such that I, I don't generally even need to do that so much anymore because I've actually fixed how I hold on to the bar. Yeah. Um, I'm also not doing, you know, hundred pull-up workouts by choice because that's not what I'm doing with my fitness right now. And, you know, generally doing workouts that, that are not, um, designed to destroy your hands, like being able to spot that in a workout mm-hmm. and, and being kind of mindful of it. But, um, but back to the grips, you know, yes, it's tempting to put something between you and the bar, mm-hmm. but then don't forget that now you've got something between you and the bar. And, you know, as a, as a gymnast, um, I was never a good enough gymnast that I needed grips, really good gymnast. Basically you need grips because they do actually help you hold on to the bar. Um, in CrossFit, you can certainly get away with not having grips and still being able to hold on to the bar. Um, and so when, when I see athletes who, you know, have grips to me, I'm like, oh, you've just introduced, it's like a, a, another weak link in the chain. You've, you've entered another aspect into your equation of you want to be connected to the bar, but you just put a, you know, a wall between you and being able to hold on the bar. And now you're going to need to be able to account for not only your hands still being slippery underneath that, cause they're getting sweaty, but now you've got that grip, which is making contact with the bar. Yeah. I, I will say I tore, I've torn 
worse when I'm wearing my grips mm-hmm. and it's like detrimental tears. It's Ew. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there, there are, there are build your calluses. Yeah. Build your calluses and then, you know, tape grips, uh, in a pinch. Like if you're in, you know, if you're in a workout where you think you might rip like a really thin tape grip and I'm, I'm always happy to show anyone how to do this, but just as they, they don't help you hold on to the bar. They don't, but if you were to rip and you needed, you know, optional term there, but needed or wanted to continue in a workout, a tape grip is just a little bit of protection on your hands. Um, but again, I'm, I'm kind of at the stage of my fitness where I'm like, if I rip, first of all, I feel like I've, I've misjudged what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, but if I've ripped, then I also will not do grip work until it's healed. Right. Like I don't feel like I have to work out the next day or two days after, you know, while my hand is healing, um, I'm going to be able to come back faster if I don't, you know, irritate it over, over the couple of days that it's, a, it's a healing wound. <laughs> right. If you do rip. Yes. Oh, you read my what? mind. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> if you do rip, stop what you're doing, go mm-hmm. wash your hands, mm. open water. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Then put a bandaid on it. So it's covered. If you want to do extra, you, I really like second, I think it's second skin or mm. second skin that also hurts, mm-hmm. but it's like super glue on your hand mm. and it creates an, another skin layer. So it doesn't get infected and it's like, doesn't hurt throughout the day, especially if you work with your hands, mm-hmm. uh, but wash your hands. Yes, absolutely. Right. Wash your hands. Yeah. And, and what I usually in the bar too, (laughs) what I usually tell people too, is if they, if they rip and there's like varying degrees of how badly you rip, but let's say you rip and you've got, I call them a flapper, right? You've got that Mm -hmm. flap of skin and maybe it's bleeding. Maybe it's not, but keep the flapper on. Yes. And with, with that exposed that, that, you know, the wound, the, the actual rip, Um, like Meg said, soap and water, it's, it's gonna hurt soap and water anyway, dry it off. And then what I usually would do is put, um, some bacitracin or neosporin, close the flapper over it, put a bandaid or, Mm -hmm. you know, wrap your hand or whatever. And, and just keep doing that. Like if you can, you know, two times a day in the morning, when you wake up and at night, when you go to bed, keep that covered for three or four days. Um, and you'll kind of know when it starts to heal, but like, don't let it crack. Um, cause that's no, kind of the worst thing. Yeah. That's like the worst thing on, you know, day three or four, you're like, oh yeah, it's healed. And then it cracks and yeah, that and hurts you open so your bad. Hand, ah, you're like, ah, yeah. Oh God, that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like rubbing my hands as if I have, ah, I know, I know my hands are getting sweaty. Just thinking All right, about let's it. Move to the next topic. <laughs> okay. The next one. All right. So, um, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead here because I, there are three others that I think we can move through quick and then we'll come back to the long one. I'm just keeping an eye on, on time here too. But the next one we have written down here are knee wraps or sleeves. Mm. What are your thoughts? I do not use either. Um, that being said, I, I I guess I've used it once I've used knee sleeves once, and I'm pretty sure it was in that workout last year during the open where there are pistols. Mm. And that I think was a lifesaver for my knees because I don't have the control of my own body to go down into a single leg squat without crashing, which is something I need to work on. And I should not rely on the knee sleeves, Um, (laughs) but I was in a pinch and I used TJ's knee sleeves and they felt good. Um, I can see how they work well with people with knee problems and they don't have, they like, they just do not have the ligaments. They might, they might not be there um, or mm. the ability without knee braces um, or knee sleeves. Um, I've also seen knee wraps with max lifts. Mm. And in my head, like if you need to wrap your knee so it doesn't explode like don't go that heavy (laughs) like does your body really need that 
oh that just gives me yeah cringe yeah well and kind of in in um in the same way that there are different pieces different kinds of wrist wraps there's also different types of knee wraps so you've got the like compression right wraps which are compression sleeve I suppose um and so that sounds like that's what you were using yeah. uh during the open so those are a, you know one piece of fabric you usually made a neoprene you slide your leg through it and it it compresses to your knee mm -hmm. um and those I have used in the past I use them actually a lot when I was postpartum after my first baby because I was just having all sorts of joint pain and what they helped me with was actually getting my knees warmer, quicker mm -hmm. to be, to be more mobile. So I wasn't using them for max lifts. I wasn't using them to, um, I use them because my knees hurt just all the time. Like my joints all hurt all the time. But interestingly, once I learned how to rehab after birth with my second baby, I didn't use them at all. I didn't need mm -hmm. to which is fine because they are kind of gross and they get kind of gross and sweaty yeah. and stinky. Oh. And, um, uh, there's also knee, uh, the kind of knee wrap that like you oftentimes will see in, you know, elite Olympic lifters. And I put the emphasis on elite and Olympic because yeah, literally the reason they're doing that is because they are lifting under such compressive forces that their body could literally blow out. And I think it would be safe oh. to say that not, none of us are doing that. So, know. you know, just, just having that kind of humble moment of like, if that's what it's intended for, then, then do we need to use it? You know, like it's, it's just not, um, not really not what it's designed for sort of the, you know, the, those of us who are amateurs, right. We're, we're lifting for fitness. We're lifting for longevity. Uh, we're lifting for, for emotional and mental health and physical health. Um, but, but we don't necessarily need to be acquiring gear that is protecting our bodies from exploding. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's another cringy. Yeah. Yeah. Image. So, so, and then, you know, and then the other kind of knee, knee assisted, um, gear might be, there are some people who have had surgeries or, or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that to me is sort of a different, a different class of a wrap that, that you might have particular, and I'm, I am not a doctor by any means, but you know, a patellar support or some sort of like actual brace, which right. is, would be different than, you know, a sleeve or a wrap. So, um, so I, I have mine, they're still sitting in my, my box at the gym, but I can't even remember the last time I pulled them on. They're a pain in the butt to put onto. It's like definitely a piece of gear. I was excited to not feel like I needed to use anymore. Also, <laughs> can we just talk about how they don't fit legs that over are your shoes oh yeah oh. <laughs> that's new yeah like they don't man, they my they fit my calves and that's it and then like yeah trying to get those things over my massive calves and then onto my quads no yeah, no 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 but if you buy them too big then they're they don't they're, they're not they're useless. doing what they're supposed to do yeah so knee wraps and sleeves meh meh they, they were fashionable for a while. I feel like they were um, like the knee socks of CrossFit for a while. There were lots of brands putting out pretty colors yeah. and you could get them, you know, personalized and all that, but then they sort of died off because meh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. You had mentioned chalk. Let's chat chalk real quick. Mm. Since we all have to bring our own chalk these days, or we will supply you with your own bag. It does become a piece of gear that we have to consider yeah i have sweaty palms so uh, <laughs> i do too right now <laughs> Me too, I'm so nervous. <laughs> just kidding but um I, I do um have sweaty palms just in general and mm -hmm. um that means for a slippery dumbbell or a slippery barbell or rig which is dangerous mm -hmm. uh, so i use it to dry my hands out so that I can grip. Um, and, and I guess that's really it. I, I get sweaty and I get clammy. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what chalk is for is to absorb the sweaty and clammy. Mm -hmm. It is not meant to be 
a caked on layer between you and the bar because that's dangerous too. Yeah. That, um, you could tear with that easily. Yep. And that's actually a lot of times why people tear is because again, they're, they're not connected to the bar. And so there's additional friction elsewhere. Um, yeah. or it's, it's that, you know, that sort of false sense of security that you put on all this chalk on your hands. I think the thing, one thing <laughs> there aren't many, but one thing I appreciate about uh, pandemic life at beacon is how much less dusty beacon is because yes. everyone has to bring your own chalk. You're not like, slapping it off in the buckets or anything the buckets yeah. are tipping over it's like oh yeah this is yeah. actually pretty nice <laughs> we can stay pretty clean this way yeah you really have to think about like when you need your chalk and everyone's got their little chalk in their little bags so it's, it's so nice to know. see like mid-workout yeah. when you're going ham and you have to get your chalk in like, <laughs> <laughs> not make a huge mess <laughs> Oh, barbell hits the bag of chalk. And yeah. Oh, which gosh. I've done. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. I stepped on mine the other day. I was like, oh, please, please don't be all over the floor. It was okay. But all right. Last quick one. Tape. What do we use tape for? Uh, you could, like we talked about earlier, we could use it for um, a grip, grip tape, mm -hmm. grip. Um, you can also use it for your wrist, which I don't also rec like you said, you don't recommend. I don't recommend mm -hmm. you can do it wrong real easily. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's it. I don't really use it. So I use tape anytime we do hook grip work mm -hmm. and I use it around my thumb on the first knuckle closest to my hand. Um, but you know, just, just like with anything you can build up some good calluses on your thumbs. And I, I have recently been discovering that a lot of people still don't use a hook grip, so they might not stop it. Are you serious? <laughs> you don't use a hook grip? Nope. You are a golden Never. God. How do you do what you do? Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. My love level just like shot through the roof. Dang girl. Okay. So the yeah. hook grip, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around that bit of information. <laughs> so hook grip <laughs> is like for normal people, essential to being able to clean nearly 200 pounds and snatch near body weight. Oh my Lordy. Okay. That's impressive. But I use tape. Sorry. I hope I didn't embarrass you. I'm no. just in love. No, um, I use tape to tape my thumb because especially if it's, um, if it's heavy or really what it is, is for like repetition. So if you're doing, you know, high rep, um, Metcons, especially having that tape, not only provides a little more, a little more friction and a little more grip, but it will keep, um, that part of your thumb from ripping, which yeah. is also very uncomfortable. Sensitive area. <laughs> and, yeah. And so that's, that's mostly what I use it for. If in the off chance I'm doing ring muscle ups, which usually happens once a year at the open, I will also tape like my false grip area. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is because I literally do ring dips once a year. And so I don't have a built up callus there and that's, you know, very painful. So that will help with that, you know, not, not having, um, that friction of the ring on that part of your wrist that otherwise doesn't really have friction against anything. So yeah. that's tape. Okay. We've not left very much time to chat about this last one. Should we, should we do it? Should we do it quick? And then like maybe make a mix for Okay. Here's the bandaid folks. Belts. And not belts. the one on your jeans. <laughs> oh, I don't have a belt on today. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing sweatpants though. So I'm wearing real jeans. Pants on. Ooh, me too. Wow. So fancy. Oh my gosh. For each other. <laughs> All right, y'all though. Belts for real. So belts are used <clears throat> and designed to help remind us to stabilize our core when it is under extreme duress or tension. Mm -hmm. And no, I didn't just read that off a definition. I, that, <laughs> that is what I think of when I think of what a belt is designed for. So yep. 
They are a fairly um, common, ubiquitous piece of gear among elite athletes who are um, generally wearing them when they are under extreme tension. Um, and, and I, you know, I think it would be fair to say that most of them know what they're doing and, or have enough support around them, um, coaches and whatnot to be able to use that piece of gear appropriately and safely, um, and to the, (laughs) the purpose of the piece of gear. Um, I do not use a belt. I've never used a belt. And the reason I didn't know that. Oh, really? I didn't know you've never used a belt. I've used, that's a lie. I've used a belt one time. Okay. Well, that's uh, pretty impressive. Christina, let me borrow her belt once. Cause I was trying to, I was trying to use it. I was trying to feel, you know, I, I was trying to understand how it could support me. Um, and I've had people tell me like, oh man, you know, if you used a belt, you would, you know, so much more, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I, and I didn't feel it. And I didn't, you know, I also, again, like what, what am I doing my fitness for? I'm doing my fitness for longevity, health, fun, um, not to get injured and, and, you know, as much as I can to, to keep my, my ego out of it. Um, but you know, a, a belt is designed to support, you know, heavy, heavy lifting efforts. Um, it's not a seatbelt. And, you know, if you, if you aren't using it correctly, then it's actually probably not helping you at all and potentially could lead to injury because you are not using the most important part of your core stability, which is your core. Right. Um, I don't know if you, if you want to add anything else, I, yeah, I'll stop for a second. (laughs) I agree that really the only people that should be using a belt, I mean, is some, is someone who could lift their body weight or more without a belt. Um, and that's not even like a good marker. Like there's no marker of like when you should, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you see this, the, belts being used at the CrossFit games and look sexy and you're like oh if I use their equipment I can lift heavy like them like no actually we do core stability in the warm-up for a reason like we teach you how to use your core so you don't need all the fancy things that Mm -hmm. doesn't really do anything for Mm -hmm. for you um I don't know. I, I see a lot of people wearing belts and they're really dangerous. Like you said, because there's no instruction manual of how to use it. Um, or I've never seen someone look at the instructions before they put it on. They just kind of like suck in, tighten it up as tight as they can. Got it. Can't, can't breathe, but my core is solid. And then they kind of forget to use their their midsection. It's just a scary, scary thing for me when I see belts being used. Yeah. I think that's the part where, where I kind of, um, I think to your point of, it's not that anyone shouldn't use a belt. Anyone can, whether you're, you know, amateurs or elite, right? Like, but where I guess where my concern and interest in this comes from is that most of the people who I see using a belt aren't using it right. Mm -hmm. And, and there is a correct way to use a belt and it is not sucking in your tummy until it disappears, strapping in as tight as you can so that you're oozing out over the top and oozing out over the bottom and then lifting. That's, that's a recipe for injury because what you can't do when you're in that position is you can't breathe to stabilize your core, which is what will protect your back from injury or will give you the stability to lift using that entire core canister Mm -hmm. to go through that lift safely. Um, the proper way, just in a quick nutshell. And then I, I do think a follow-up video we've done one before, but we can't find it. So maybe doing it again would be fun. 
But um, the proper way to use a belt is to put it on in such a way that you can get one hand in between your belly and the belt. And then before you execute whatever lift it is that you're going to do, whether it's a deadlift or a squat or even a snatched, that you are breathing in, filling your diaphragm, filling in that space with your breath, stabilizing that breath, which essentially means holding it. So you are, you are stabilized through your core and what your belly is going to do your belly and your back and your sides is it should expand to fill that space that you have left that little bit of space in there. And that's the reminder Mm -hmm. that you are stable and safe. So if you are someone and this is not intended to shame anyone or, or anything like that. But if you are someone who is wondering if you're using your belt right, or if you recognize in yourself that you're one of the, um, the seatbelt users, that's what I think of it as, is you're, you know, I'm going to use a belt because I want to keep my back safe and I'm sucking in and I'm strapping in as tight as I can. If you hear yourself in this description, like, please come and talk to Meg and I, we, we feel pretty strongly about it. We like to think we lift pretty heavy with, you know, stable cores and, um, and that we have, you know, a little bit of, of support that we could give you in, in your pursuit of core stability with yeah. or without a belt. Yeah. Yeah. I've used, I've used belts before and I definitely used them wrong. And then that didn't ever go well. Uh, <laughs> and then I've used, did them you get first. injured? Um, did you get so- injured? I wouldn't, I don't know. I remember this one lift I did. It was actually, it was a power clean at festival weights. I was wearing a belt and I, I really think this screwed me up for like a year or two after, um, and probably still now, but I got it and I got to the bottom of my squat and my core went and my back just like flexed, um, forward and the middle of my back was just like mad at me thank god I wasn't my lower but I don't think I think I forgot that I had to turn on my core and use it I was just like mm-hmm. I got a belt I can pick up 170 pounds like a few months into CrossFit like yeah I was strong but I was not my core was not ready for that and I really wish that I didn't have that belt that day yeah Yeah. Because what the belt isn't going to do is if your core does let go, like it sounds like Mm -hmm. it happened in your situation, the belt is not going to hold you in. No. So if you haven't gotten hurt so far, it's not because the belt is working or not working for you. It's that maybe your core stability is better than you think it is. And you have been doing it right. Mm -hmm. If you have gotten hurt wearing a belt, that might be why. And and that's all Meg and I are trying to, to share with that message is we don't want to see anyone get hurt. And we also want you to know as a wrap up to this whole episode is that you can do a lot without any of this fancy gear we both did and, and still do in some cases for a long time. Um, and then that, that there can be a lot of freedom in not feeling like you need to have all the jewelries and all the baubles and all of that in order to pursue your fitness barefoot working out <laughs> in my jeans you in your jeans That's all you need and a good coach and a good coach hey hey all right your slam size seven and a half uh love Reebok <laughs> right. size nine size nine or size seven men I have really wide feet too so you know I'm not fussy just saying yeah also you all before we leave we would love to open up the idea of doing a Q&A session in the near future Um, we're gonna set up a box at the gym and be able you know you can um, submit stuff anonymously there or we can also use our email addresses I'm pretty sure mine is just Meg at crossfitbeacon.com I think Megan oh me you Meg Meg is M-E-G yes. at crossfitbeacon.com are you Megan at I'm Megan at beaconcommunityfitness.com oh great I don't even know my email <laughs> no, no 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 yours is CrossFit Beacon it is okay yep. that's what I thought if All you right. if you email me at Megan M-E-A-G-A-N at crossfitbeacon.com it'll go to my email 
it goes to you too. Okay, great. So Meg, M-E-G and Megan, M-E-A-G-A-N. At crossfitbeacon.com. <laughs> all right, you all. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know if you have any questions and we'll see you next time. Bye. Right. See ya.